Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hello, everyone. I'm Sierra. And I'm Ashley. And this is your Weekly, Weekly Dose of Wicked. I don't want a lot for podcastness. There's just one thing I need. I don't care about the presence underneath the podcast mystery. I just want you for my own. More than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. Baby, all I want for podcast miss is you. Yeah. Welcome to Podcast Miss Day 4. We're so glad you could join us on this beautiful Saturday. Oh, I was like, it's not Saturday. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is on Podcast Miss Day 4. It is, it is on Podcast Miss Day 4. I understand. I'm with the program now. I hope you're all having a fabulous holiday season. I did not prepare a jingle for us today, so. That's okay. We can skip one. Yeah, I did, however, sing I want a Potawatomi for Christmas all night last night at work. <laughs> Multiple people were like, mm, that's not words. it. Yeah. So then I had to explain to them that I had a podcast. It was an inside joke. They wouldn't understand. Maybe they should listen to the podcast and then they would. Yeah. I told them all about it. Well, good. Maybe we got new listeners. Maybe. Hopefully. <laughs> or they're like, oh, I hate her at work. I hate her on the podcast, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite possible. Anyway. Oh, uh, what do we got going on, Ash? Nada. Mm-hmm. In true podcast misform, life's a wreck. Yes. So even though Ashley provided you with day three, Ashley's also going to provide you with day four. You're welcome. <laughs> and then you're going to get two Sierras in a row, hopefully. Yes, they will. I don't know why I said hopefully like that. Well, we'll see. Listen, the weekends are chaotic, all right? Life in general is chaotic. Life is it's just how it we is, are. It is, but me going back to work has really thrown a curveball in my life, and it's made me, uh, I got to get back in the swing of things. I don't know. Yeah, not quite used to it yet. No. I didn't get home last night till 2.30 in the morning. And I was exhausted. Don't miss those days. (laughs) No, I was exhausted. And unfortunately, I did not have the energy to finish researching my case. So luckily, Ashley came through clutch and had hers done. So, Well, I was supposed to record it today anyways. I know. I'm just saying. I'm glad one of us had our shit together. (laughs) And it wasn't me. That's okay. It usually isn't me. So anyway, um... We haven't plugged the Patreon at all during Podcastmas, so. All right, well, join the Patreon. That's what I just heard. Yeah, that's what I was hearing, too. Join the Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked. Four levels. <laughs> Four levels. Four <laughs> levels. So join it up. Thank you, That'll Robot Sierra. perfect holiday present for us. It would. All right, well, without further ado, jump on in. Already. We don't have time for Dilly Dallion. Nope, no time for that at all. Per usual, I forgot to put an ad in here. So. Of course you did. <laughs> Am I surprising you with one or are you going to find one yourself? It doesn't matter. 
Okay. On April 16, 1992, in Agawam, Massachusetts, Sophia Maynard arrived at Brittany's card and gift shop for her opening shift around 8.45 a.m. When she arrived, there was still a car in the parking lot and lights on in the shop. She recognized the car to be her co-worker's Lisa Zagert, who had closed the night before. She found this really odd that she was there, not only because she wasn't supposed to be working, but also because Lisa was a teacher's aide who should have been working at school. She thought, well, this weekend is Easter, so maybe she came in a little early to get a head start on all those balloons we're supposed to be blowing up. She went into the shop. She called out Lisa's name. She looked around. Couldn't find Lisa. So she went across the street to a restaurant and had them call the police for her. Police quickly arrived, and sure enough, they found all of Lisa's belongings, including her purse, car keys, some drawings, and her wallet. In the back room, police found a horrible sign. There were several boxes smashed in, drops of blood on them, and a dent in the back door. Why couldn't she call the police herself? I think she just didn't want to be, like, alone. Okay. I just wasn't sure, like, like she was like, oh, my gosh. I don't know. Okay. I mean, it was 92, so she obviously didn't have a cell phone. Well, I didn't assume she had a cell phone. I just thought that was weird that, like, the gift shop wouldn't have a phone. Maybe it did. She just didn't want to be there alone. I mean, I probably would also leave. Yeah. So I think that was probably smart of Sophia. Okay. I just wondered. There was obviously some sort of a struggle. A search party aided by the FBI was launched right away. On Easter Sunday, April 19th, a body was discovered in a wooded area off of Route 75. The distance I can't exactly find. Some articles said less than a mile, others said up to four miles, but either way, pretty close to the shop. Okay. The body was partially clothed with signs of sexual assault and multiple knife wounds around the shoulders and throat. There were multiple deep defensive wounds on her hands. This unfortunately was identified to be 25 years I can't talk today. 24-year-old Lisa Zegert. An autopsy revealed that her cause of death was a single stab wound to the neck, and she had been dead for around four days. There were multiple items found at the crime scene, but none of these items were announced to the public of what they were, except that the murder weapon was not found. DNA was found on the scene, but there were no matches to it. News spread fast in their close-knit community, and tips started pouring in. They helped give a timeline of Lisa on April 15th, the day before. Lisa worked her normal day at the school and left around 4.30 p.m. She went to the gift shop for her shift from 5 to 9. At 5.30, her sister Lynn stopped by to visit. Lisa was working on a sketch, and they talked and hung out, having a normal conversation, and then she left around 6. At 8.20 p.m., the last transaction of the night happened. The woman said that there was nothing unusual about the encounter. A few minutes before 9, another woman came into the store and there was no one there. She said that she heard, like, banging from the back. She waited a few minutes, and no one came out to help her, so she left. At 9.15, a woman was on her way home from work, and she stopped at the stop sign on the corner of Route 75 and Adams Street, and she saw a Bronco-type vehicle pull off the road into a wooded area. And that wooded area is where Lisa's body would later be found. Okay. Can I just pause for a second? You said she was a teacher's aide or a teacher? Teacher's aide. Okay. Why? Um, it just annoys me that, like, I just, I, I don't know, that just annoys me. Like, she had to have a second job. Oh, yeah. Like, that just really irks me and grinds my gears whenever, like, we talk about teachers. And even teachers' aides, like, having to have, like, a second job because right, they, they don't get paid enough. be paid more. 100%. They should be paid enough that they don't have to have these second jobs. I know that's nothing to do with anything, but it just really yeah. grinds my gears. It seemed that she worked there, like, almost every night after. Yeah. I mean, that just really irks me. Like, it's a long day. Right. But, like, you send your kids to school. Like, these people take care of your children for eight hours a day, five days a week. And, like, they're going to be paid a livable wage because there's a ton of teachers and teacher's aides. I mean, even that. Like, even as a teacher's aide, 
Right. I mean, you're still dealing with kids all day long. Right. You should be paid enough that you don't have to have a second job. Agreed. And there's so many. Like, I can't tell you how many, like, waiting tables, how many teachers I've worked with because they don't make enough money. Right. So they have to get a side job. And they have to have a second job. And it's literally just because they love teaching. Right. And, like, how sad is that? That they do something they love that they can't even provide for their family with or provide for themselves. Because, I mean, I'm assuming... I haven't heard anything about a family. Like, Lisa was single. She had a boyfriend. Okay, well, whatever. But she didn't have, like, a family with kids and, like, can't even provide for herself. Right. Off of her full-time job. Right. It's really sad. Anyway, continue. It was just me on my soapbox. I'll step down now. Uh, So the woman who saw the car said that there was one person in the front seat and two people in the back. The timeline puts Lisa's time of death around 9 p.m. on April 15th. Lisa's family and friends did come forward to say that Lisa had told them within the last few months of her life that she had felt like she was being watched. She said that she didn't have any particular interactions with a so-called stalker, but she just had this uneasy feeling constantly of being watched. She never reported it to the police because she never interacted with anyone, so she didn't have anything to report. And I'm sure she probably felt a little crazy, mm-hmm. as most people do when they're stalked, especially if you can't prove it. Mm-hmm. Her family and friends admit that Lisa asked them to come by the shop to visit her often so she wouldn't be alone there on her night shifts. because. It seems, I'm not 100% positive of this, but it seems like it was just, like, one person working at a time. Well, especially probably, like, nights, because, I mean, I feel like the majority of the time, especially, like, gift shops and stuff, um, if you have orders and stuff, you'd be busier during the day. Right. As far at night, it's just little stragglers coming in to pick something up last minute. Right. In the coming years, there would be hundreds of tips and numerous suspects all led to dead ends. At the scene where Lisa's body was found, there were tire tracks that matched a Bronco. The police took plaster molds of these tire tracks and they were identified to be a pretty rare and distinctive tire they did end up tracking down the vehicle but these tires belong that these tires belong to and the driver was cleared it turns out that him and his friends had went there a few days prior multiple reports came in of a man who was hanging around the gym that lisa went to that watched her and the other young woman in a very perverted fashion but this man was never identified There was a big rumor in town that a man named Edward Borgatti Jr. was responsible for Lisa's murder. He worked at the restaurant across the street, and he was roommates with Lisa's boyfriend. Oh. So the rumor around town was that Edward and Lisa's boyfriend were having, like, a relationship. And Lisa found out, and Edward killed her to keep things quiet. Okay. But he was eventually cleared, and there was, like, no evidence or anything that these rumors were true. It's kind of a crazy rumor. Yeah. It's kind of a small town. Right. So that's what I was thinking, like, oh, a small town rumor, but this town wasn't actually that small. I mean, it had, like, 25,000 people that lived there. So, I mean, it wasn't, like, a big city, but it wasn't a tiny little town either. Right. Okay. But either way, it said it was, like, a pretty close-knit community. A woman called in a tip that she believed her boyfriend was responsible for the murder. She said that he came home late that night with blood in his truck, and he had an obsession with knives. The truck was examined, and nothing was found. Okay. A woman called in a report in 93 that she believed that her ex-husband might be responsible. She said that at the time of the murder that they were married, and that night he had came home late and wouldn't tell her where he was. He had cuts on his hands and his arms that, again, he wouldn't tell her where they came from. And he had a really weird obsession with the case. And so she just felt like he was involved. The police brought him in for questioning, but he brought his lawyer with him. He, him and his lawyer both said that his ex-wife is just being spiteful, they're having a nasty divorce, and she's just pointing fingers. He said that they have no connections to this woman, and he denied any involvement, and he also denied giving a DNA sample. So I guess him. we can go for an ad now. Oh, okay. Do-do-do. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
workbook, guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Okay, so now... As I was saying, so it was him. That's who did it. I mean, don't know. Okay. I feel like he's a viable suspect. I think so. Since he refused a DNA sample. If your wife was actually just being crazy, you would just give the DNA sample. Yeah. No, they said that they weren't playing into her crazy games. Okay. I mean, I I could see that too. I could see that too. I don't know if I'd want to give DNA of something that I was like certain I hadn't done. Right. But I mean, also, if you're certain you're innocent, just give the DNA. What's the harm? Right. You'd see both sides of that. Okay. So for our um, day ones. Taking it back to our first episode, Heidi Allen. Okay. Does Lisa Ziegert sound familiar? Yes. Lisa Ziegert was the, she like went missing and they thought it could be tied to Heidi Allen because they thought maybe it was just like a truck driver driving through town. Yes. I knew exactly who Lisa Ziegert was when you said that. Well, no, they didn't think it was a truck driver driving through town. Remember, it was Gary Thibodeau's hometown. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Gary Thibodeau's hometown. Yes. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty crazy. I didn't yes. realize that at first. I was like. When you said Lisa Ziegert, I knew exactly who that was. But yes, you're right. It was Gary Thibodeau's hometown, and they thought that he could have been responsible for both because he had went home during the time frame. Right. Yes. But they did check his DNA, and he did not match. Yeah, because he didn't do it. He didn't kill Heidi Allen either. (laughs) Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. Somebody killed Heidi Allen. I just don't think it was Gary Thibodeau. Right. But yes, take them back to day one. That was a nice full circle moment. And at this time, the podcast is over. We've come full circle, so... (laughs) So you don't get to hear what happened. Enjoy the ride. Or thanks for coming along on the ride. We're done now. Peace out. No, we're not done. I'm just kidding. That would be a good full circle right there. Yeah. To just end it right there. Pretty crazy though, isn't it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, whenever you said that though, I immediately knew it was linked to Heidi Allen. I don't know why. I thought it was a truck driver. That was a... That was one of the theories. Possible Heidi theories. Allen. But yes, you're right. It was Gary Thibodeau's hometown and he had come home. Yes. During the time frame. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So her name like sounded really familiar and like I was doing the case and I was like, man, this case kind of sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like light bulb. I was like, oh, Heidi Allen. Yep. That was in like none of my research for this one. But then like when I researched, I like looked back into Heidi Allen's research. Then I was like, oh, yeah. Yep. And they did actually test him, which mm-hmm. I thought was pretty crazy. So anyways, um, when Lisa's keys were found, her apartment key was missing from the ring. Her locks were taken and brought to the police station, and anytime they questioned anyone, they would ask them to see their keys and if any of them fit the lock. One man who had been brought in for questioning did have a key that matched her lock. When they asked him what the key was for, he said it was his apartment key. Obviously, they're like, yeah, okay. It was his apartment key, though. It was his apartment key. So they take him to his apartment, and the key opens his apartment. Turns out that the apartment complexes were owned by the same company, and they used the same locks, Mm -hmm. which is crazy and should be illegal. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you wouldn't know, though, where the key goes. doesn't matter. I hate to tell you this. I know it's just going to, like, creep you out, but I'm sure there's another house that your house key could unlock. Probably, but it's creepy. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's, I mean, you wouldn't know what the key opened. It's not like you're just going to go use your key. First of all, who's going to think, like, oh, my apartment key is going to open another apartment somewhere. Right. You just have to, like, try to open doors. So, I mean. Yeah, and that would take you forever, but, you know, it just sounds very... Yeah. Not okay. Yeah. I mean, I can see why that would creep you out, but it's like universal garage door openers. <laughs> also creepy. Mm-hmm. So they detest this man's DNA, too, and he was also cleared. Mm-hmm. The police used anything they could to try to solve this case. They hired psychics, and they used hypnosis to help witnesses remember details, but nothing worked, and the case grew cold. Okay. 
In the coming years with DNA advancement, um, the DNA was ran multiple times against national databases and even international databases. Mm. But no one ever came up as a match. In 2015, they turned to a new cutting-edge program developed by Parabon Nanolabs Mm -hmm. that used DNA DNA phenotyping Mm -hmm. to create an image of what the sample would look like. This took a while, but in 2017, there were 11 men who had similar appearances to the sketch. So they got warrants to obtain DNA from all 11 men, one of which was that man that they questioned. Perfuse gives DNA? Yes. Mm. His name was Gary Shara. Mm-hmm. He had actually been interviewed again in 2018, and again he refused a DNA sample. This time he said that he was afraid of being cloned, and that's why he wouldn't give one. Valid fear. <laughs> I mean, I could see it. All of his reasonings for not giving DNA, I mean, I do understand. Mm-hmm. When they went to serve the papers to subpoena his DNA to Gary, he wasn't home, and they told his roommate to let him know that the police had important paperwork for him and to contact them immediately. When Gary's roommate told him, he immediately wrote three letters and gave them to his current girlfriend and fled. Oh, that doesn't make you look suspicious at all. No. So his girlfriend turned these letters over to the police. Mm-hmm. One was his last will and testament. One was a confession letter. And one was an apology letter to Lisa's family. Okay. I have the confession letter. Hold on. I will pull it up. Okay. So it's kind of vague, but he says, I never really been or even felt normal from a very young age i was fascinated by abduction and bondage i could never keep it too far from my mind for long on that fateful day i let myself do something terrible i've never forgiven myself and that is only and that is only i think it says right or night i'm not sure which like that is only night that's the only time it happened maybe maybe or he never forgave himself that is only right either Either one works okay I also never did anything of the like again. I hated what happened. I despised myself. I thought of turning myself in hundreds of times over the years, and I truly am a coward. Um, He is a coward. I don't believe that he truly planned on ever turning himself in, though, since he refused DNA multiple times. But okay. Right. That's just my opinion. Right. Shortly after this, um, he disappeared and his girlfriend turned it in. He was found in a hospital in Connecticut from a failed suicide attempt. Okay. His DNA was tested, and it was a match to the DNA found at the scene. On September 16, 2017, Gary Shara was arrested, and on December 8th, he was charged with murder, aggravated rape, and kidnapping. Initially, he pled not guilty, but on September 25th of 2019, he changed his plea to guilty for the murder. Um, The kidnapping and the aggravated rape was dropped, but he was sentenced to life in prison without parole. And he is currently fulfilling his sentence at the Massachusetts Correctional Institution. So he never actually admitted to stalking her. Mm-hmm. But it was believed that he was stalking her, you know, weeks before or months before. She said that she felt like he was, she was being stalked. She felt like she was being watched. Right. And his ex-wife came forward that he bought her a gift from- At the gift shop? The gift shop. Ooh. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Like, where's the stalking in this, actually? <laughs> I mean, I don't have any, like, ton of stalking, but- Yeah. I mean. And you said he was one at the restaurant across the street? No. Or no, no, that was a different guy. No, okay. that was a different guy. That was someone who wasn't found. It was the roommate, the boyfriend's roommate. Okay. Yeah, that's very short case. Also, that was crazy out of like nowhere. He didn't even have anything to do with her. Mm-hmm. Those are the scariest t- kinds. That right is there. terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like didn't even know her. Wasn't even an ex. I mean, obviously it's terrifying to be stalked by anyone, but. Right, but like I understand. I mean, I don't understand. 
your kook up at night unless if you stalk someone. But, like, it makes sense to be stalked by your ex. Right. Who can't get over you. Right. But, like, to just be stalked by random people is crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. Or even someone that, like, you know, tried to date you and you didn't want to date them. Right. Like, that you have had interaction with and you know. Right. But, like, this person should even know. Right. He literally just came and bought his wife a gift. Like, is that the first time he saw her? Had he already been stalking her at that point? Right. Why her? Right. There was other girls her age that worked at the gift shop? Well, these are things we'll probably never know. No. And he never admitted to the stalking, so. No. Hmm. I don't like that, but I do like that full circle moment. Yeah. That was nice, wasn't it? I do like that you came for a full circle there with uh, Lisa Ziegert from episode one. Maybe episode two. Either way, it was Heidi on our first case. Yeah. Well, the one case that started it all. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that was a lot shorter than I thought it was going to be. How long was it? 21 minutes. Hmm. Well, you know what? It's podcast miss. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> I thought it would be like at least 30. But Well, I thought your last case was kind of short and then it ended up being like 35 minutes. I thought it was going to be like a 20 minute or but. Yeah. I mean, finding stockings has been a little more difficult than I thought it would be. I agree. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I thought it would be a lot easier to find 12 stockings. Yeah. Well, and I feel like difficult. we're only in, I mean, you've done three cases. I'm currently working on, I mean, two. So three that I've like got and I feel like I'm grasping at straws, like trying to find yeah, stockings already. And we're not even, I mean, we're currently a third of the way done. Yeah. With day four. So but we're going to do it though. It'll we're going to do it. It's going to be fine. But yeah, that was a short one. But a good full circle moment. Hopefully the listeners will enjoy that. I mean, I did. I wonder if any of them will have gotten it when you say Lisa's ear like I did. Right. Because I did immediately know it was linked to Heidi Allen when you said well, that. That's also like a big case for you. Yeah. And if you haven't listened to Heidi Allen, you should go back and listen to it. Yeah, you should. It's a good case, man. I did a great job. Some of my best work. <laughs> it is. I mean, it is good research. But it's I our very first case. So. Research, yeah. But I researched the shit out of that case. Like, that one really, I would say as far as research goes, that is, like, my most detailed. That took me weeks oh, to yeah. research. And I mean, typically, when I research a case, I mean, sometimes it takes me a couple of days. But, like, Heidi Allen, I was, I, took, I read a whole ass book for Heidi Allen. Right. Like, Heidi Allen was a lot of research. And it's a two-parter because mm-hmm. of all that research. It's a good case. It was, I mean, it's a crazy case. Still looking for her. Still check the Jane Doe network regularly, trying to see if I can find her body. But I can't. It would be pretty cool if we could solve it. It would be cool if we could solve any case. Well, yeah. I mean, any case would be cool, but Heidi Allen would be really cool. Well, thank you for that day four. You're welcome. I liked it. And Ashley's going to edit that for me since I have to go to work. <laughs> so we'll see you tomorrow for a serious case. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. If you like what you heard and you want to support a small podcast, please give us money at www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked where you can join one of our four amazing tiers starting at just a measly three dollars a month that's literally 10 cents a day you can join the slightly wicked after that we've got the moderately wicked for just five dollars a month followed by the awesomely wicked for seven dollars a month and for those high rollers big ballers we have the extraordinarily wicked so head on over check it out if you like what you see join it up if subscriptions aren't your jam head on over to 
www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash W-D-O-W, where you can give us a one-time donation to buy us a coffee or, you know, like podcasting equipment, which would probably be a better use of our money. Feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at weekly underscore dose underscore of underscore wicked, or you can just search weekly dose of wicked and we'll pop up because we're the only ones. Or you can give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash weekly dose of wicked. Or you know what? You could just do both because that would be better for us. For a direct feed of our podcast, please go to www.weeklydoseofwicked.buzzsprout.com. Great news, guys. We've made it big time. And you can now listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yep, yep. Even Pandora. They finally let us in. Make sure to come back next Wednesday for your Weekly Weekly Dose of Wicked. Wicked. Ba-dum-psh. (laughs) 